Hello and welcome to another episode of NCC Audio. And today we are going to be speaking with Ben, also known as Faz Ferristat. And so Ben, he is an audio engineer for Damage Audio, which is a professional recording studio and music production facility in Bedford, United Kingdom. And so he helps bands and he produces them as a freelance producer from start to finish. He produces some great content. But today we're going to be talking about Ben's story on how he just got into audio and live sound. And we're going to really dive deep into what it takes to become an audio engineer in the live sound uh, arena and learn about all the the different roles that take. So, hey, Ben, welcome. How's it going? Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. No, dude, this is super cool. Um, so right now I'm in San Diego and you're in the UK and it looks like we're still under quarantine and we're on the completely different sides of the world. So how's it going over there for you? It's, yeah, I think about the same as it is anywhere else. You know, the the, the country is on lockdown. It's, but it's kind of cool. I think people are mostly in good enough spirits. It's, it kind of feels okay. But, you know, you know, people in our line of work, it's, it's not, a hugely different scenario so i think it's yeah. it's one thing for someone's doing something like what we're doing to say oh it's all okay because we're kind of used yeah. to it but um but it, it, it kind of feels okay you know it's a strange time but you know everyone's kind of making it work and yeah it, it feels okay at the moment yeah so right now everyone you're working with do they record their music on their end or you do you still have people coming in like how are you kind of working with the yeah artists? uh okay so yeah it's been yeah it's been a lot of adapting there's no two ways about that um i'm not seeing people face to face um i i stopped that before we were in quarantine anyway i could kind of see it coming and um i'm uh, i don't know if this is going out of video or not but i'm not actually in my studio at the moment this is just me at home i've kind of um I, I, I saw the lockdown coming and I wanted to do it on my terms and I, I didn't know if it was going to get worse. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be like martial law or something like that. I, you know, <laughs> being optimistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I picked up as much of my gear as I, as I physically could and um, I, I put on here, all in here and I've been working from home since. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's very case by case. So as I said, yeah, there's no, no face to face stuff. That's just, it's not happening. And yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're able to continue working. So that's been a lot of struggle with a lot of audio engineers. So that's awesome that you're able to adapt and to continue this. Yeah, man. It's, it's been a lot of work. And yeah, every, definitely. every job is like, whenever any call comes in, like there's hours worth of meetings to plan everything out, but it's, mm-hmm. there's not been anything that I haven't been able to carry on yet, which has been really, it's been great. I'm, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm kind of having a great time at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's cool. <laughs> all of a, we've been preparing this for this event for all of our lives, working oh, with technology course, since we're absolutely alive. <laughs> all right, Faz. So uh, let's get a little into the background and history of you. Um, so, how did you become an audio engineer in the first place? Oh, man, I mean, I, I, I kind of fell into it. Is probably the yeah. best way to put it. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't a high achiever at school. Not for any other reason other than just I wasn't interested. You know, I've been playing music since I was old enough to pick pick up an instrument. Like, you know, probably three or four years old. I've I've, I've had a long history in playing. Um, I did all the classical thing, and then you know, once I was a teenager, and what what was your instrument? 
of choice? Quite a few. Um, my my main instrument early on, my main one was flute. I played flute and did classical studies. Um, and then I also started doing piano, um, which I never I never really got a grip on that. Um, I could never, I think it was to do with reading. Um, I could read treble clef, but I couldn't read bass clef. So the left hand would just always, I don't know, mm. it just wouldn't sync up. But then ironically, I started playing bass when I was older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And I still can't read bass clef, but, but uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, gone to my teen years and, you know, getting off the school bus with a flute wasn't cool. Not that it was ever cool. So, uh, and then I got into things like, you know, rock and metal and, you know, I couldn't play that on flute. So accidentally learned the bass guitar thinking, thinking it was a guitar. It was all, all of this was by accident. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, um, you know, really like, in terms of the engineering part, it, it was, it was, um, it was live sound that technically came first. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And it was, uh, it, this is going to sound really corny, but um, it was careers day at school. And, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up or when you leave school or, you know, whatever that is. And I, I honestly, God made up the, the job description like in my head. Like I kind of, went, well, I can, I'm really good with computers and mm-hmm. uh, I'm good with music. Sound engineer. That sounds like a job that I could do. And as oh, stupid yeah. as that sounds, I think that's what started it. It just got, that that term was in my mind so i guess all my decisions past there were, were based on that i know that sounds crazy. oh my goodness no that's really cool you're you were able to kind of dial in what you wanted to do at you know a fairly young age you're like okay sound engineer sound engineer so um how did you get started into the sound engineer career like what was your first job you said live sound yeah it was, it like, was how did you first get that gig oh, man um, I, it's I, I was going to say it was by it was by accident. It wasn't by accident. Thinking back mm-hmm. on it, but um, it, it was as simple as I just I said I could do something. I, I started a conversation. So I was I was playing at a local venue in a band, um, and okay. uh, this this local venue, which is quite this is pretty amazing. Like I come from a small town, and the local venue has two consoles. It has a front of house console and the monitor console, which is very rare in a small room. And the way this venue worked was the the monitoring was a, a training position. Um, so I just I turned up one day. There was no one engineering on monitors. Um, I said to the girl who was doing front of house that, you know, I could do monitors. And she's mm-hmm. like, cool, now? And I was like, no, not right now. I'm playing a show. But, you know, like in the future, I could do that. <laughs> I, you know, I've never done it before in my life. But, you know, that that's I think that's how these things go, though. Like you, you have to throw yourself out there. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. You've got to. You just got to go in the no, deep definitely. end. You really got to go outside of your comfort zone and mm. you have to think about, okay, what do I want to do? And just kind of like think about the first steps and you just like put yourself out there. Just keep putting yourself out there. And then it's crazy. So uh, so your first role was a um, monitor engineer. Is that the yeah, correct term? that'd be it. Yeah, like I say, it was like a training position there. So, you know, you uh-huh. learn on the job. So you'd be, you know, wiring up a stage and uh, doing bands monitors, um, uh-huh. you know, on... There, there was good, you know, the, the amount of equipment was correct. There was a monitor console. There were EQs for the console outputs and all that kind of stuff. It's just it was all very low quality. <laughs> okay. Um, so, But wow. it taught you how to work with, you know, yeah, substandard but, equipment, which is so important in the real world. You know, there, there aren't ideal situations. So I think learning on something that's ropey and doesn't work, I think for me, that's how I learn on, yeah. on all accounts. And I think yeah. that that really helps you never you know you never feel spoon-fed you're always grateful when you're in a good opportunity so um yeah yeah so talking about live sound um usually there's 
two roles for a you know mixing a live sound event, right? You have your monitor engineer and your front of house engineer, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah and if for you, the most part. but a, a lot of small venues, it's just one audio engineer, guy, mm-hmm. audio engineer, and so he's just the you consider him the front of house engineer or just the live sound engineer. I, it's just one guy. I I'd still refer to that as front of house. Okay, so he's front of house. Yeah, and so he'll be doing the monitor mix and the main mix going out to the club, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep. So th- is that usually how? Um, an audio engineer will begin as a live sound engineer or it really just depends like it, it the complete, venue? completely depends on your path. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. my, my, my journey through live sound was working in venues doing, you know, bands, modern original bands and all that kind of thing. But if you start working with the PA company first, like oh, okay, who's, yeah. who's, who's taking systems out, you would have a very different path. So it's, it's more likely that you'll be on bigger stages earlier on but as part of the PA crew. And in that case, they'd probably be, usually there'd be more divided roles unless it's a very small stage. But yeah, t- typically if you're, you know, if you want to go the rock and roll route mm-hmm. and uh, you, you want to start working in clubs, yeah, the chances are you're going to be doing a lot of work for not very much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember um, in high school when I started playing with bands, the uh, I was, I'm a drummer. And so it was, it was always super intense. I have to like load up all my equipment really quickly. And then like the, the engineer comes and he like hooks up all my, the drums. And then he like talks to me with the microphone. And then and it's always like, uh, can I have more vocal, more kick? And so, and I can never really understand the, the audio engineer, the sound engineer, just like speaking to me out of the monitor. And I just remember my ear is always just like bleeding because everything was so loud. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the club scene can be hard, especially as a musician can be very hard work. Yeah. It's, um, as a musician myself, going back and doing some smaller shows recently, it's been interesting to be on the receiving end of all that all over again, but really mm. understanding what's going on and trying to not get involved. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, it's like you've been like a professional live sound engineer and then you're going back into it as the artist and you're working with other sound engineers. And you're like, I could help you, but I'm going to, you know, just you got to hold everything back and just let him learn on his own. And well, that, That's the thing. And, you know, I'm a little bit jaded with all that kind of stuff now because yeah. I don't want to help. I just want them to do it properly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that sounds terrible, but it, it does. Yeah, I get a little bit grumpy when I play shows now. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. OK, so after you, you were the monitor engineer and you're learning about how all this live sound stuff works, you're learning about all the equipment and connecting things and hooking everything up. What was your next step after that, like moving up in the live sound career? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would have taken over um, the front of house roles at that venue initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, quite quickly, and it, it may have been at the same time, actually. It, you have to bear with me. This was quite a long time ago. So oh, yeah, no worries. It's quite, yeah, quite hazy memories. But from memory, I would have eventually progressed onto front of house there, um, where I would have had someone under me on monitors. Um, but at mm-hmm. the s- same time, I, I, I believe I was also commuting to the city, to London, uh, my, mm-hmm. my, where I live, it's, it's like an hour outside of London. Um, so I, 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 I found work in the city, so I was kind of doing both. I was commuting to venues in, in London and then running the local venue at the weekends. So I had like mm-hmm. a seven day week of, uh, doing a lot of venue work basically. Yeah. And how long were you, um, front of house engineer at this place and what made you want to 
continue being in live sound? Did you really like this? Or were you always thinking, well, I don't like this so much. I still want to go to a different career path. Or that's just what you were doing at the time. And you're like, well, this seems to be working. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I doubt I was thinking about it very much. I didn't have much time mm-hmm. to think. So, I mean, in terms of time scale for the venues, I, I actually wasn't working in venues for very long. Um, I, I, I started touring very, very young when I was very young. So... Um, I, I would have just been doing whatever was in front of my face and just dealing with every day as it came. It's the the live uh, the live music scene. If you're busy in that scene, it's really intense. You you just keep working and jobs come in and you take them on and you will be working seven days a week. Um, you, I mean, it's it's a very on all by by all different definition of the word. It's it's an intense line of work. It's you know emotions are running high. The work itself it, it is fast and so much can go wrong at the drop of a hat and you've got to fix it. You really don't have time to think and you purely act on instinct. So you end up running your life on instinct as well. So you, you really do get absorbed into it. It just happens. Yeah, that's really good to know, especially someone who's like thinking about different careers. If you want, it sounds like if you want something high, high pace, fast pace, and you really want to get into the music scene and you want to do all this live sound, that sounds like it could be a lot of fun for, you know, the person with the right energy and the right personality. And like, it sounds like you had it. Now, that sounds pretty cool. You got into touring pretty quickly. How, how did you get like into a touring gig? Like that sounds pretty intense. It's yeah. It, well, it, again, it's, it's just, it's, it's doing a lot. Of st- it just, well, I don't know. It's like you in, in the live, in the live scene, you just, you meet so many people and you have so many conversations so quickly. Like if you work at, you know, you work at a venue that has four bands, you're, you're meeting 20 band members a night. You meet so many people so quickly that the conversations come up and if they have a good show and they feel you are responsible for that, or, you know, or you've come across well, like the, these opportunities come up very, very quickly. Talk me through that. Like you're, first someone a band came up to you and said hey be our audio engineer how did, how did that work out so well, the, well the, the the first touring gig i got was actually through an engineer uh, because you're not just meeting um you're not just meeting musicians you're meeting other engineers so you this you meet so many people and so in, in that, that that first thing that came up um they had a tour that they double booked on or they were too busy to they, they would have had multiple bands on the go this happens quite commonly like you you will find that bands tours overlap so you can't do you can't do everything you just can't and you can't let anyone down so you tend to arrange cover so that's what happened i i was the cover on this tour um so my my first touring show was in uh portugal <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> it wasn't even a uk show it was like cool fly there okay <laughs> that's super awesome yeah yeah and then sounds like you were really liking being the the a live sound engineer at this point right yeah i mean look i was i was at this point i was really young i, I was touring when i was 18 19 years old uh, I, I was in your country playing in venues when i wasn't allowed to legally be in them <laughs> which which was fine for the first tour and then it became a problem later on but you know obviously fine now um, but yeah, I mean, you're 19 years old and, you know, your day to day is to get on a flight and go to another continent, another country, another whatever. You're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So. And then how long were you doing this for? Were you just with one band mainly touring for a while or was it just like a bunch of different bands, a bunch of different gigs, just like going out across the world, like doing live sound events? Um, a, a bit of everything. There was one band that um, they were so busy that um, when I started working with them and I still work with them to this day. And funny enough, it's this—it's the band that 
I've just mentioned the the show that I covered for for a band called Fujia and Miyagi, and um, it you know they parted ways with the other engineer. They were you know she was busy, we were getting on well, so it just made more sense for me to to carry on with them. Uh, and when I started working with them, their career was booming at the time. So for years, they were just touring constantly, always playing new. Sh- you know, they were because they were kind of like a bit of a cult, cool kind of band at the time. So they'd get all the cool parties to play at for like Eurostar and these, you know, um, what you know, whatever phone company was big at the time, and you know, everything was kind of happening really. So there's a lot of that. I'd still take on venue work. Um, I'd still do other tours. You know, bands don't tour 12 months of the year. They tend to either work in blocks or they tend to have breaks. Um, so the band is a business will be earning, but the crew won't be because they're self-employed. So you have to find other things to do. Um, and I was also working in studios at the same time. I had a parallel career path. I was, I was doing that line of work at the same time. So it was kind of a crazy bit of everything time, to be honest. <laughs> wow, that's super intense. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you know a lot about it. You know, you have so much experience as an audio engineer. So this is great. Like, I'm sure everyone listening right now, especially those who are wanting to get into, a, you know, an audio engineering career, just like, yeah, thanks for sharing your story so far. Now, so as a live sound engineer, what was like your favorite part and what was the hardest part? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, look, favorite part is easy for me anyway. It's it was the traveling. It was I've been to so many parts of the earth that I I never would have in any other line of work. Like I've been to towns and countries that I hadn't even heard of some of these places before I went to them or really understood where they were. So, I mean, definitely that I've seen amazing things and like I still do a bit of touring. So I think a favorite moment was probably last year. Um, we went to um, South Korea. And wow. Um, wow. yeah, it was amazing. And this is what I mean. It's like, when would you ever get the opportunity to go there? We did a full Asian tour and it was, it was incredible. But we got to go. To, we, we, the festival was, um, it was near the DMZ, the de- demilitarized zone between the north and the south. And it was just... <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Super intense. Oh, yeah, man. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's been crazy. And it's still yeah. kind of going on. Like, I do less of it, but it's still it's still really mm-hmm. cool. But, yeah, we got we got government clearance to go into the DMZ and <laughs> see all of that. And it's like, there's like minefields everywhere, no one around. <laughs> but it's so beautiful at the same time. It, it, it's, it was just so crazy. But that, that, I think that was probably a career highlight was that one short visit. It was, wow. it was just stunning. It, it really was the loveliest people as well. And just everything, the weather was the perfect temperature, like really lush, beautiful green fields and forests and everything, man. Everything was so great oh about that gosh. show. <laughs> Dude, that's beautiful, man. That's awesome. So yeah, and so and then what's going to be like the the hardest part or the worst part about this job? It's oh, man. It's I think it really depends on who you are as a human being. It's okay. It, it's so it's so mentally intensive. Um, and you know, I, I I stopped most of my touring commitments because of the workload because as you as your career progresses in that field, it doesn't get easier. And that that may. To some people that may may sound obvious, but others it might not. Like I think we're kind of raised with this idea in, in our minds that, you know, as we escalate in any career, it'll be easy because people will be doing things for us. When actually the, the further up you go, the, the more's at stake. 
So, you know, it's, it's, there is so much pressure and I kind of dealt with that pressure for years and I was fine with it, but there was a finite point where I just, I had to stop. And I think it's, I think as an overall thing, I couldn't pick out a single moment, but as an overall thing for me mentally, um, towards the end, I was working for certain bands in the UK, uh, who I love and I love the bands and they're, they're, they're kind of household names over here, but it involved, so many jobs all the time and it was constantly dry i'd be driving as well so i'd be driving a bus full of backline full of uh like mixing consoles microphones crew all of this stuff and it'd be like minimum 20 hours a day and it was like just uh, for me from a mental point of view i just felt like every day i was watching i was watching all these people having a party in front of me and i wasn't invited even though i was there uh. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I know that sounds really super dark, but that's how I was feeling no, no, towards no, the no, end. And because that's kind of what it was. And, you know, for me, I've always been every, every aspect of my job has always been working very closely with the artist. But it, it eventually, I, and this is, this is a long time after I've been doing this for over a decade by this point that I've, I've started feeling like this. It was like I was going to work with my friends and they were having a good time and I wasn't. And it's like my life was standing still whilst I was running around the world. So that that would be the lowest point for me. It just got to me eventually. Um, so you know, I still love all of that stuff, but it was it was time to let it go for, from from my point of view. By that point, wow! So you're driving a bus with all the equipment. Did you have people helping you set up these stages, like help you set up all the speakers and everything, or was that like mainly your job? How did that work? It would really depend on the situation. So oh, okay. I mean, yeah, my, I mean, my working life has always been very divided. But it was with the live stuff, it was I'd either be touring where it would be flying around the world, which I still love, of course. Why wouldn't you love that? As intense as that could be. And I would just turn up with um, a box of microphones and equipment that I needed. Um, and then the venue crew would generally help me set up. Um, the bands generally would pull their weight or there'd be other crew. It, it would depend on the point in their career. But there was there was the nicer side, which was like that. And then there was the UK touring where I'd be working with bands who were a bit older, who had been household names, who had had hits, but now they're at the point where they're just continuing their career, if you will. They're not trying to make waves, they're keeping it going. Um, and at that point, you're kind of, you're just going around the same venues doing the same show. And at that that's where I was driving and, and taking gear around. So generally on that stuff, there would be another member of crew um who would be because we were because we were traveling with a band in a box if you will it was like the whole set of backline the mixing console but not the pa systems so there'd be two of us that would set up and someone to give me a bit of a break every now and then um but generally we wouldn't do pas but occasionally we would as well so so some days we were doing pa systems full set of backline console mics power you name it and when it came down to those shows we'd go out as like maybe up to five people, um, but five people would be a good day. Normally, it was three or four of us to do multiple bands like that. So it oh, wow. was, it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah, was. I can see how, like, <laughs> after a decade of doing that, how it can really become like a little tiring. Mm. Yeah. And so, wow, man, that's so cool. I mean, there's so many different aspects about this live sound engineer. It's just like super exciting and intense, mm. hard work. So. It sounds like if you're going to do this, you got to go in for it and just like actually yeah. just go in for it with your 
whole being. You got to do it. <laughs> you can't hold back. Yeah. No, not at all. I know it sounds intense, and to look back on it, I think of it now. I think, how did I do that? <laughs> you get used to it very quickly, like, and it, it's. I, I kind of feel like I've seized up a little bit since I don't work like that. I got so used to such an intensive lifestyle. Where now, you know, and I love what I do now, but I kind of feel like I'm not moving half the time. It's like my body's yeah. just like, just withering away. <laughs> but, uh, but my back feels better. Like my stress levels are a lot lower. <laughs> I do feel nice. better for it. <laughs> nice. All right. So, well, let's just move on to the next part of your life. So all that happened and you're still a full-time audio engineer, but you've changed the roles a little bit. So now you're more on the production side and the recording and the artist development, right? That Yeah, man, 100%. Yeah, so um, I actually ran them in parallel for a long time, which was another mm. reason for me leaving the live live side of things. So for, uh, I think, about seven years, I was, I was touring and running a studio at the same time. So all the things I've mentioned, that was one half. And then the days I wasn't on the road, I'd, I'd be in my studio. And I had that from a young age as well. Um, but yeah, that was one of the big reasons for me wanting to come out of the live stuff was apart from, you know, my own issues with what was going on. I, I was, I was never fully committing either way. So I'd be, you know, when I was out on the road, I was thinking about being in the studio when I was in the studio, I was exhausted, but thinking about being out on the road. So I just, I had to commit and I had some life changing things and yeah, I, I wanted to go into this because I wanted to create, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician first and foremost, the, the touring thing was just a way for me to earn money, you know, and it just so happened I got, I had some very, very nice experiences doing it. So, um, so yeah, um, a few years ago, I just decided to fully commit to producing and, uh, that, yeah, man, that's where I'm at now. Um, so yeah, I mostly, um, I mostly champion independent artists. Like I tend to do, um, you know, as you mentioned, I try to do a development and, um, and, and just try and help build career paths. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've got no nice way of saying it, but I've fucked up a lot being a musician. So I like to pass on how to not <laughs> yeah. to, to, to the younger bands and try and keep them on track. And, you know, nice. um, so yeah, I tend to do singles for independent bands, trying to get onto commercial radio for the first time, make their first big moves. Um, but I also work for, you know, some, some, some old, again, older artists continuing their path and doing records. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's me at this point. Nice. And uh, I know we're in quarantine right now, but before all that, you have your own, uh, I want to say, brick and mortar recording studio. Like, do you have a location you go to or is it just like everything's from your home? Um, yeah, I'm, I have my own premises and I've... I've pretty much always had my own premises as well. Um, it's um, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm I'm at home at the moment for the current situation. I, I legally don't need to be, but it felt like the right thing to do. Uh, but this is the first time I've really had a home studio. It's it's kind of crazy, and I love it. It's it's, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I have my own place, and I, I still rent other studios um, depending on what what we want to do. But um, but yeah, I love my space. It's it's um, it's probably. I think I can say this it's it's probably the most practical studio I've I've ever used because it, it does cater for everything and I'm I'm pretty proud of that at this point. Okay, so right now you're a full-time music producer working in quarantine. Uh just give us a little insight into that. How how is that even working? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It is crazy and I I I tried to get ahead of the curve as early on as possible. Um like I I could see it coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so yeah. I I made I made a point of getting set up at home, at home as, as soon as I could to adapt because what I didn't want to be caught short like a month into it and having to work out how to do it I wanted to learn how to carry on from 
from home or just in a quarantine environment as soon as possible. So yeah, like every project is a lot of Zoom meetings, just trying to plan it out. And so far, everything's been okay. Like um, a lot of the projects had started before all of this happened, before the lockdown happened. So it's continuing that stuff. Um, so that stuff's kind of easier to deal with because generally if if we started it before quarantine, then it, it's just things like vocals or maybe mixing. So that's not the end of the world. The, the, the interesting one has been starting new projects. Okay. And that, that that's quite divisive as well. So the the first the first project I think I started in lockdown and it's a hell of a project to start with as well. It's it's a six it's one song, but it's sixteen and a half minutes long. What? A, and yeah. How many musicians? Yeah, three. This is a three piece three band. Three musicians. Three okay. piece band. And, a- and it's it kind of like when it came up, I was like the producer in me just went, Come on, there's got to be a way that could be like five minutes at the most. But no, it really is a sixteen minute song. So, yeah. you know, start hard, I guess. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. And then I'm sure that's just been keeping you busy for sure. Well, I, I'm working on a lot of projects. I've probably got about yeah. ten or twelve projects on at the moment. It's Oh it's, nice. Yeah, man, it's it's really busy. <laughs> so right now the your artists do how are they recording their music? Just at their home recording studio? It's kind of case by case. So, so the, okay. the reason I brought that one up is, is what I find interesting about it is the the, the band have never self recorded before, and um, when when I first had a meeting with them in in the lockdown, like they they went into the meeting thinking we were rescheduling, but I went in with how are we going to carry on? And I think it caught them off guard. I think they just presumed we were going to do it later. And I was just like, no, man, we'll, we'll make it work. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> um, and it just so happened that, you know, the drummer didn't realise it. I don't know how he didn't realise, but, he, you know, he had an eight-channel recording rig. So, you know, that's... I, I do a lot more of that when I record drums, but you can do a drum kit on eight channels. You know, that's fine. You know, that's more than enough. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. So, you know, which, which the, the biggest struggle there was I'm very... Um, particular about drum tuning so it, it wasn't a matter of just ch- teaching them how to record drums but it's like how to make them sound good at the source as well yeah so, wow so now you're the audio engineer but also the the teacher you're teaching these artists to become audio engineers yeah so you can yeah. give them a good product yeah absolutely because the last thing i want to do is be like yeah we can do this and they send me like a a drum recording that i can't use and somehow i've got to mix it that's that's not good enough like the only way to justify you know doing what i do is to provide the same level of result so you've got to you've got to get people up and running so it's a big every project is a big investment of time it is hours i'm giving to people to to make sure everything is run up properly but you know short term it works out better for me and of course for them, but long time it long term it really works out better for them because they will have a better understanding of the process. So they're going to create better music going forward. So it's it's worth my time to do that. Yeah. You know. What I'm noticing right now is like us audio engineers who are helping other people like either record remotely or to do stuff. We're like producing a lot of little mini audio engineers, and hopefully yeah. all these people are going to be able to really start to understand and like appreciate the all the stuff we have learned over the years. So even like for me, it's right now I'm helping people produce podcasts, and so it's like I do a lot of the consultation stuff. I have to teach them about the different microphones. I was like, okay, well, this is a dynamic one. This is a condenser. That's a shotgun microphone. Mm. Well, And then I have to go through and explain the different qualities and how they're going to work. And they're just like, well, why can't I just record into my cell phone? I, like, <laughs> I have to explain to them. I was like, well, it's not going to sound like so as robust. The frequency range is going to be very limited. Yeah. And we're like, well, I have a built-in microphone on my computer. Can't I just use that? I was like... 
<laughs> yes, but uh, you have to like instruct them. And so yeah. have you been noticing that too? Like has has been a little struggle like teaching them or have they been all full on board? No, most been pretty good actually. Like it, yeah. it's, you know, in for what I do as, as a producer, I'm, I'm so used to having to try and convince people of, of ideas musically, let alone from technology. So I'm, I'm used to, ah, I'm used to doing that yeah. and explaining and people just uh, accept it. You know, I, th- I think there's a way that you can, you can explain things to people and they will be more receptive to it. And so I've not had that, that issue. My biggest issue on that level, on that, um, from, from that point of view is the amount of questions I get. So oh. it's like, I, I'm probably getting like 15 or 20 messages on Instagram or emails or whatever, whether I'm working with people or not, ask me about recording equipment and I'm, I'm struggling to get back to them because it's so intense. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm going to keep meaning to do some content just so I can refer people to it. Cause I, I can't answer the same question a million times. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's true. And so that's always a good thing when you're developing business, like you have like new problems to solve. That means you're going in the right uh, direction. And so now you have to come up with like some new systems. You have to create some PDFs, some automations. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, as an audio engineer building your own business, um, how, how's that going? Like the business aspect of things. Uh, busy man. Like it's kind of insane. Like you know, as I said I had to. I had to adapt so quickly, and now I've adapted. I need to ad- adapt to how I've had to adapt. I know that's that's, that's <laughs> such a thing to say, but I mean it. Like. As it stands, like if work carries on like this, I'm not going to be able to go back to my studio because I need the time that I've saved from going to the studio to do all the things I'm now doing. <laughs> it's kind wow. of crazy. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's there's so much going on. I've, I've it's I wasn't sure. You know, this is a scary time because you know it's very yeah. easy to think that as a creative that you know, in the face of the apocalypse, we're kind of useless, you know, you know, yeah. if, if you go to right to the end times, you know, if the world ends tomorrow, maybe we don't need music producers. Like I know that's a terrible thing to say, but really, you know, let's be realistic. Yeah. You know, we need providers of, 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 you know, food and, and shelter. So, you know, yeah. so the fact that for me, it's kind of gone the other way is, is good. You know, of course it's good, but like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. There's <laughs> no two ways yeah. about it. Uh, um, but it's not to say it's easy, you know, it's, it's more hours that go into it. So it's, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's new stuff coming up every day and again, new challenges every day, but don't get me wrong. I am looking forward to being, being in a, in a studio with people again, because I, I miss, yeah. I miss that. I miss creating with a group of people. That's kind of what I'm wired to do. So, mm-hmm. um, I certainly, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward yeah, to Yeah. Well, I truly hope that things go back to, I don't know. Just so we can get back to that point where we can all just be together again. Because, mm. you know, there's a distance between humans. It's we're meant to be together. Mm. You know, we're supposed to be in contact and like and it's hard to do it virtually. Yeah. But I'm glad we are able to do this and like think through the different ways of how to adapt. Mm. But I really hope that we can get back together. And wow, I... You have given so much insight, and I'm hoping that everyone listening right now, like especially those who are trying to make a living as an audio engineer, they just really think outside of the box they're working on. Like you can make this happen. There are different avenues. Just you know, keep thinking. You know, what do people need? Like, what do people want? It's like, how do you use your gifts and talents as an audio engineer to really going to provide with for the world for the things that are needed right now in the you know in the form of entertainment because. Luckily, right now, we haven't gotten down to that part of, like, where everything's shut down. We just got to go out there and find food and provide. So, 
you know, keep that on the back burner. Keep thinking about that. Like, think about the worst case scenario. Like, how am I going to survive in this world? But also continue to grow and to develop yourself as a person and, like, continue working hard. So, yeah. Thanks so much, Faz, for all of this, like, information. Um, how can people learn more about you and get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So um, I am terrible at keeping an online presence. I am trying to try to improve on that. But um, I'm probably on Instagram the most um, as okay. Faz Makes Music. Okay. Um, same for Facebook um, or through the, the, the studio website. It's, um, you know, my line of work has kind of drifted from being a commercial studio to a, a freelancer anyway. Um, but but the studio website is damageaudio.co.uk because it's a UK business. But okay, you know, th- yeah. there's some stuff on there. I, I keep meaning to do a personal a personal site, but <laughs> you know, time. Yeah. The, do you have any um, exciting projects coming out that anyone can listen to, or what to expect? Anything coming up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, on on the independent. Um, like on the independent side of things, there's there's a band I've been working with for a few years called Sarpa Salpa. Um, they they've just released a single called Forwards Backwards, and um, that that was probably one of the, the most fun times I've had creating a song. We really pulled out all the stops. There's some really interesting stuff that happened on that. Um, like we didn't like, we built a click track from their rehearsals rather than from a static BPM and. All kind of weird ah. stuff happened. Yeah, man, it's crazy. There's layered drum kits and there's all manner of stuff going on. So, so there's that. Um, I'm just. It's, it's not, I don't have a release date for this, but there's. I've been doing um, not producing. I've been a, an engineer and a mixer on it, but the, I've been doing a record for Tommy Ray Brown in, over the past few years, and she's um, a widow to the late great James Brown. So that's oh, been. Oh wow. That's been a yeah yeah. It's, it's been cool. you know definitely a bigger project. So. I think that's penned for later in the year. We, we're still wrapping the last bits of that up, but there's going to be that. But um, but yeah, like you know, if anyone's on my socials, I, I try I try to mention every time there's a release coming up. I try to anyway, or you know, so so there's always going to be stuff coming up on there. Okay, so follow check out your Instagram, and then people can listen to the latest stuff. Do you help artists produce? Correct. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I I try to be as vocal on there as I can, even though I'm not social media guy. I'm I'm trying to be. <laughs> yeah, it it is hard and difficult, but wow, that is awesome. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story. And good dude, I'm sure we all have learned a lot, and like I I I greatly appreciate it. Like that is amazing. Thank you so no, much. No, no, honestly, thank thanks for having us on. I've you know I I love talking about this stuff. So you know if it helps anyone, that's awesome. Thank you so much to everyone. Alrighty, everyone. Peace out. Bye.